Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. And welcome to NBC IGN's Nintendo podcast. This week we are talking about the Nintendo Direct, the first one in a really long time, of course, and also why there has to be more Zelda news this year. And of course, we're going to be talking about more. I'm your host, Casey DeFritis, and this week I am joined by Brian Altano. Hello. Per Schneider. Hello. And Zach Ryan here specifically for some spicy takes. Hi, 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 hi. I, I mean, don't set me up that way. That seems bad. <laughs> 
I think we're all going to have spicy takes this, this week, so it's fine. But it's been a while, and I'm glad that you're back. Yeah, it has been a while. So I guess the first thing we need to talk about, of course, is the February Nintendo Direct. It was a 50-minute long one. We got a lot of stuff, and it started with Xenoblade Chronicle 2's Pirate and Mithra in Smash. We also learned about Splatoon 3, Mario Golf Super Rush, and The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. There's a lot more, but I think those were the biggest announcements. And I wanted to ask everyone on the cast here, and also you at home, what was your favorite announcement? Did you have a favorite announcement? Um, I did. Yeah, Mar- Mario Golf was for sure. Yeah. Sorry, Pear, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, go, go ahead. Yeah, Mario Golf was like by far and away the, the best thing that I think that they showed. I played just an obscene amount of Mario Golf on the 3DS, the last Mario Golf game. Um, and I'm so stoked that it has a story mode i think speed golf looks ridiculous like that's going to be such a like a real friendship killer um (laughs) i'm excited for that game i you know like i did a nice like woo when they announced it so yeah i'm I'm stoked for that i think it's gonna be great i think that's the general consensus among i think a lot of us were more excited for mario golf than arguably the bigger announcement which was splatoon 3 but i guess we're just all all more so uh, Mario sports fans, even though I know that the Mario sports games have regularly sold significantly less than Splatoon. So Splatoon 3 is definitely Nintendo's biggest game that they announced, I assume, based on sales. Mm-hmm. But I know plenty of people will probably pick up Mario Golf. Yeah, that, this one seemed um, more sort of tangibly in reach. Splatoon uh, 3, I, I feel like, it, you know, it's going to be a big game, but it's also it's 2022. 2022. It's yeah, it's so far away. It's like 2020 was seven years long and 2021 will probably be about five <laughs> years long. So I'm, I'm happy to like get release dates for games this year, uh, especially because there's sort of been this question mark over what does this year look like for Nintendo? Um, and this is going to be a fun one. Like this is exactly why you buy a Switch is for, you know, to watch Mario and his friends compete in yet another sport that they're mediocre or good at. I enjoyed so this. So this was fun. that was that your top one? Uh, I, I weirdly I don't think I had a top one. I think this was like a like going out to like a tapas restaurant where there's like a dozen little things to eat but none of them are really like amazing but you leave vaguely satisfied <laughs> gotcha. yeah, for, yeah for me it was i i get that splatoon is just so far out but for me that was still my favorite announcement i i like the the xenoblade pyra and mithra um reveal in the beginning especially yeah, if like you don't know when you don't know it's smash right it's always fun mm-hmm. to get that to that moment you're like ah, oh, you bastards right um but uh, and and I didn't see in the stream they didn't have that smash intro screen at the beginning, did they? Like the trailer starts with the the cross, but in the live stream it looked like they were gonna go into some Xenoblade DLC or something. Yeah, yeah, that's the classic bait and switch, was, right? Yeah, this yeah. definitely a dupe. direct was was built around like fake outs. You know, yeah. there's just so many <laughs> fake outs. No, for for me it was just Splatoon because it's I I just like having the confidence that there's a a plan that supports Nintendo Online and Splatoon was just the biggest unique success on Nintendo's platforms and, and the game's just the series just really really good. I had so much fun with it. Um, and so just seeing uh, you know one of the inklings with a dumb fish friend was was just a, a nice little treat and then i love the i always love the train scenes when they're waiting on the train and there's just this like some weird fish dude in the front and then um I'm, I'm really excited for that but yeah i was 
overall, it was a little bit of a flat direct. Some of that is the buildup. You know, more than 1.3 million people were watching just on YouTube, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is just Insane. huge numbers. People are so starved for, for Switch news and directs. And so it was... If you look at all the different components of it, there was some good stuff in it, but it didn't make that kind of big impact. Right. Uh, what do you mm-hmm. What do you think about the fish buddy pair? I love the fish buddy. He's great. <laughs> He's so fish, cool. Little fish chicken. I, I mean, we're assuming that's a gameplay element, right? Like a like yeah. a helper in the a little pet in the game. Yeah. It's, who doesn't um, want a little Who doesn't want a little fish pal? You know, everyone wants a yeah. little fish yeah. pal. Yeah. I think that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Every single one of our coworkers loved him and want a plushie of him immediately. That's not Ooh. true. Miranda was in Nintendo in the voice chat slack being like, I want to kick this guy. So. Yeah, I was like, wow, a lot of fiber <laughs> issues here. He's got, he's got um, googly eyes. By the way, was... the, the cool thing about Splatoon is like the moment the music plays, you know, it's Splatoon. Yeah. yeah. It just, it's, it's so... It's very hype. They really created a soundtrack that can only be Splatoon. I don't know any music that sounds exactly like that. Well, I think most music, like most soundtracks for video games, aren't com- comprised of like sounds of like various animals gurgling water. Like That's there's true. a lot of and like it's weird so squeaks. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I, I will say I was a little surprised at sort of how kind of flat and uh, drab this game looks so far. Like, I don't know if that was a compression thing through the stream, uh, but it it doesn't seem to pop in the same way. I think they're going for a lot of like. Um, sort of more muted backgrounds, which I guess will make the colors pop more once the paint starts getting splattered everywhere. But a lot of it looks very sort of dystopian, which is a little odd. Like I wasn't really expecting that sort of level of like a lot of sepia tones and browns and gray. Like it looks like Splatoon are playing on a dilapidated Gears of War level from like yeah. the mid PS3 gen. I think <laughs> the, the comparison that I saw a lot was like Splatoon Borderlands. Like it looks like mm. there's oh, yeah. some sort of like post-apocalypse vibe happening Splorderlands. in Splatoonlands. Splatoonlands. <laughs> I th- I also think it's just really, really early and they haven't yeah. tweaked anything yet, right? Like frame rate and, and some of the effects work I'm sure is gonna be later. We're in we're in, in February and they're announcing a game for 2022. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to mention, didn't they say they were only talking about games in the first half of this year? That was like, that was just a blatant lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I got one more. Mm-hmm. Border, border loons. Border loons. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think, I think that this, this direct was supposed to be about the first half of 2021 or like uh, at least yeah. looking forward into like through the summer of 2021. Cause we, we did get announcements through August and things like that. But look, I, I think after 530 days of no Nintendo direct after 18 months of no like official direct, they needed something big. And so, you know, to tease Splatoon a year out, mm-hmm. I think that they just, they had to tack that onto the end as like, mm-hmm. and, you yeah. Know, keep in mind, there is this other thing coming. I, I will say, you know, and I know that there are some other announcements to get in here, but like the thing that, that the spicy take that I wanted to put out there that, that I warned you guys about is that like, I think this is one of the worst directs that we've had in a long time. Like, like, well, it's the only direct. Well, I mean, it's the only one, but I mean, like, I, I think that like it, it's such a dis, it was such a disappointment to me. And I'm not the kind of person that, like, usually after every Nintendo Direct, I'm like, there was something in there that I loved. And like, yes, Mario Kart, great, or Mario Golf, great. But after such a long drought of official Nintendo news, no official, like, big Nintendo Direct, this one felt so lackluster. And I wonder if they, if they hadn't just kept it to like, 
Mario Golf and Splatoon 3 and Skyward Sword HD and some of the bigger announcements and had a 20 minute direct if it wouldn't have been more you know project tri- uh, triangle strategy like if it wouldn't have been more impactful or or at least something more in line with I think what fans were expecting rather than all the stuff that sort of padded it out because yeah. when you announce that, that you've been gone for nearly 2 years and you're going to have a 50 minute direct and people know that there's the 35th anniversary of Zelda and Metroid looming in the distance. Like I just don't think that they set themselves up to win coming into this direct. And it's sort of baffling to me that the team there is like, this is what we have to present after this long of an absence. And I really wonder if COVID has hit production hard enough that, that release dates have slipped to the point where they, they, reach this this point and are like we have to do a direct about something what can we show now that is you know like at least we have a timeline for because to me this was just like okay (laughs) yeah no i i think 18 months and it was like yeah this is fine like you hinted at something really good there i think that um this could have worked better as i i believe like a, a sort of a small set of more compartmentalized presentations. Uh, mm-hmm. Had they just jammed all the first party stuff into like a 12 minute video and put it up one day as a surprise, that would have been awesome. I think that would have been well received. Um, I think the 50 minute runtime hurt this thing because mm-hmm. people, you know, I, I, I like we always say to people like, don't go into this thing with the crazy ex- expectations mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but I think when you see 50 minutes, it's the first direct in, in, in you know, a year and a half or two years or something like that. Uh, you're you're going to fly off the handle a little bit expectation wise. I, I don't think it needed to be this long when they could have been like, here's an update on some of like our third party studios. Here's a, a bunch of like indie games coming to switch or here's like some surprise ports. Here's our mm-hmm. first party stuff. If, if they had done a 10, 12 minute video every, once every two or three weeks uh, over the first three months of this year, I think that would have serviced the audiences a lot better than putting it all together in a 50 minute presentation, which like sort of felt tepid across the entire board. I actually I just, think they edited themselves um, because we didn't get Pokemon Snap or anything like that. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I go ahead, Casey. Sorry. I also I assume that all anything Pokemon related is going to be announced on Pokemon Day, which is in just two weeks so not oh. this saturday but the following saturday so anything pokemon i know the pokemon company would have wanted to keep for that day so anything pokemon related they couldn't show and a lot of the things that they did show we already knew were coming like maybe we didn't have a release date like for example no more no more heroes 3 we knew it was coming we knew it was coming this year but we did get a release date but um mm-hmm. i know it didn't look that great and a lot of the other things, yeah, it was just, it was just the same thing. Like Fall Guys is coming, but we already knew it was coming. And there's still, yeah. still just like so much stuff missing. You know, I, I think like when when you're absent for this long, like Nintendo fans rely on Nintendo Directs to like feed the hype cycle. And mm-hmm. I think when you're absent this long, like that gap is building that that level of expectation, that level of hype to such an astronomical level that mm-hmm. you know. If you're on Twitter at all after Nintendo made that announcement, the only conversation was, we're going to see the Zelda collection. We're going to see the Metroid collection. We're finally going to see Bayonetta. We're going to like all these things. And none of it was there. And it might not be the the fault of Nintendo. You know, like I, I really believe that that there's probably stuff going behind the scenes because of production woes that have pushed these dates further back and have, will not allow them to put that kind of stuff into a direct. Um, but man, 
it was just not what I was expecting. You know, waking yeah. up yesterday morning, I was like, yes, finally yeah. direct. Like, I cannot wait to see what they've got in store. And about halfway through, like, I, I was texting my girlfriend, like, this is a bummer. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this, this is a bummer direct, man. Right. Hey. I had a couple of, I feel like there were a couple of bright spots, at least for me yeah. personally, yeah. you know, obviously anytime they, they show some pretty joy con, uh, that was I'm also happy. a bright spot for me. Sure. Yeah. But the, um, and, and the monster hunter switch is coming to the U S so that's a nice yes. thing. I thought that was going to be a, a Japan exclusive and monster hunter actually looked really nice in it too. Yeah. But, um, the reveal of project nonsense name by square, um, what was it called? Project, project triangle, triangle strategy. strategy. Um, I refuse to believe that a development team can create a story, create these words, work on a game for months, cast voice actors and record them and cannot come up with a working title that sounds better Isn't than Project so bad. This, this, this is like they, they, they named a game Octopath Traveler and it sold really well. All but bets it, are off. It doesn't it, matter anymore. At least that name like, had made sense. Like the first letter of uh, all, the letters, all of the letters. All of the letters in Octopath was the the letter of the first name of all of the different eight characters, and there were eight okay, characters. Mo- the average consumer so- does not understand that. That game was known as Project Octopath for a really long time prior mm-hmm. to that, right? Like, wasn't yeah. that the thing before it was Octopath Travel? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so this might just be called Triangle Strategy, I which really is... I really hope it's not. Triangle oh, well, so the thing is, Triangle, every letter someone? in the word Triangle mm-hmm. stands for a different town that you'll visit, uh, <laughs> or a timeline. And obviously, this, everyone knows a C, his auntie, and but, Ace Frost. Everybody knows they, that. <laughs> but they spend all this time coming up with names for all these characters. So it's obviously not a, hey, we got this cool idea about, you know, a strategy game. And so we don't have a name for it yet. It's like, just pick a freaking name. It takes less than a day to do a trademark search. Pair, pair. When, so it's not when that they're I, like, ooh, can we, can we register this? I'm the last person on earth to, d- to defend this nonsense, but when you get a free minute later, when you're yeah. having lunch or, or, or your afternoon tea or your weird like uh, beard things that you'd love to drink, go on the Wikipedia page for uh, Kingdom Hearts and just read <laughs> some of those titles. Because they're like, and they're beloved. They sell well. Like these, for some odd reason, some companies can just, and Square's one of them, they just get away with just utter nonsense titles and people love them. And I, I personally don't have a problem with it. Like I think it's Dawn yeah, it's, of Deadly Defaulting. <laughs> 38 the names, and a half. Nights <laughs> no, but the, the other, so first of all, then um, the, the demo of that game is out too. And I'm, I'm actually really digging it. So that, that was definitely, it was great seeing it again. And then we all laughed at the name. But I also thought it was cool that we got confirmation that Nintendo's uh, detective games are coming to the US. You know, and like. Real, real quick, sorry, I just wanted to say that. Um, the triangle strategy was also a really big surprise for me too because i know we we've heard about octopath traveler champions of the continent or conquerors of the continent and it was going to come out on mobile um sometime maybe it is already out i don't know but we were supposed to get a console version of that eventually and that was going to be an actual sequel so i had no idea that they were working on a totally separate game so and it's a, a totally I know it looks so much like Octopath Traveler, but the the systems are very different. Yeah, it's but, not. It, yeah, not the same game at all. Yeah, it's it's Tactics Ogre or Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Tactics, yeah. basically. But uh, sorry for interrupting you. You were talking about uh, the Famicom Detective games. Yeah, the, uh, these are you know games from Nintendo's classic history, and in the U.S., we've only seen them represented you know through kind of like little inclusions in Smash Brothers, and uh, now they're actually coming to the U.S. and 
you know, it's the niche games. Brian, I don't think you're going to love them, but they're basically, <laughs> you know, detective mystery stories that are, you know, interactive graphic novels. But I, I really like the the animation work. It looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I messaged Pear about this when they first announced it because I just I never imagined that this would be a thing that Nintendo would ever revisit or come back to. So as a piece of history, as a piece of like game preservation, I think it's really interesting. Obviously, you know, these are remakes of those, but it, it'd be really cool to see like the original versions. Uh, tucked away in there a la you know master chief collection where you can kind of switch back and forth between the two but um. I, I think they'll be I, I honestly think these will be million sellers in japan i think this sure. is a yeah, beloved sure. franchise that people have missed and have all this nostalgia for and i think that'll that'll move some switches i think it'll be surprising mm-hmm. and the animation does look really it good nice. it looks like they put yeah. a lot more effort into it than i mean i guess i, I play otomo games sometimes with the the effort in the animation in that is is not good but this looks great yeah so and they're two different games and they're going to be sold separately as well yep hopefully do we know the price for them hopefully they're they're like they're dollars each it's really it's like a couple hours to finish them they're they're fairly small well they're they're downloadable too so i'm assuming they're not three hundred dollars each thank you no that's what they said they said it it was actually revealed just in the japanese direct oh okay Mm -hmm. i missed that okay wasn't there million million yen wasn't there a, a Japanese game? Well, a, a game shown in the Japanese drug that you were excited for, Brian? Uh, yeah. yeah, I I I cannot say the title as well as you can, but uh I that looked really awesome. It's uh, basically like hand-drawn characters over like weirdly it's like a 2D 3D thing going on. Um I'm I'm really into that. It that, that was like one of the more visually striking games out of the whole direct and it we didn't get it here in america it's always bizarre like you have to keep two tabs open now and like watch compare yeah like there's two directs happening at the same time the pacing's totally different than in them it's it's kind of amazing i i'm actually surprised you've never done crayon chin chan for halloween because if you just get yourself some thick eyebrows it's it's you man (laughs) (laughs) who's the other guy that you're you always compare me to oh uh pitbull that pimple for sure. Yeah. Mr. Worldwide. And last, I did I did just want to bring up how great Monster Hunter Rise looks on the Switch. Dude, I mean, that gorgeous. was definitely yeah, it looks a, incredible. It was definitely a moment. I mean, I expected there they to show I expected them to show something. And we got um a new monster. We got the official name for the spider monster we saw that shoots lava, people. That's pretty cool. And also for the first time, we're gonna have more than three monsters fighting at the same time which is very cool and uh there it's in the new rampage mechanic where you'll be fighting multiple monsters at the same time with us we assume in multiplayer and it just looks it looks cool i'm excited for this game um mm-hmm. i was yeah, already was, sold <laughs> so. I, I had played the demo and like the footage was rolling i'm like oh what's this it actually looked more polished and you know the the animations look really cool all that nasty web shooting and mm-hmm. all that looked really great I'm like really impressed I'm with the texture. That. Like the the texture yeah. work is really really impressive. I, I you know like I, I, this is probably the best looking Switch game I've seen yet. Yeah, this is a a very wet, shiny, uh, weird, scaly, scaly <laughs> craggy. looking, yeah. craggy looking game. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, you'll play it, and you'll be hitting the same giant rat for two hours with a giant sword, and you'll go, Casey, how's this fun? That's only if you're bad at it. Okay, maybe I'm bad at it. <laughs> no, but uh, it was it was made with the RE engine, which is Capcom's own engine. So 
new, so maybe that's why it looks so much better. It is the first mm-hmm. Monster Hunter game coming to the Switch made for the Switch. For the I Switch. know Generations Ultimate didn't look great because it was a ported 3DS game. That so, rules. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely pumped. I'm actually pumped to play this. I think this looks so cool. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, it's the same. It's the same damn deal every time with Monster <laughs> Hunter for me. It, where every time I'm like, "Wow, this really looks like a Zach Ryan thing." Like, ah, this looks so fun. And then I get the game, and then I play like four hours of it, and then I'm like, "Wow, I am bored. I'm gonna play something <laughs> else." And then I drop off. Yeah, it's, I mean, it happens. Yeah. It's not no, for it's like, everyone. It's, it's actually really it's okay. nice getting. It's like nice getting old because you can just look at games like this and be like, well, I'm happy for you guys. You guys it's, enjoy that game. I That'll appreciate nice. that. This, this yeah. year specifically mm-hmm. is the first year. And I don't know why it's taken me this long to to cop to this, but like there have been multiple games already in 2021 where I've gotten a few hours in and have been like, not for me. I'm just going to move mm-hmm. on to the next thing because I feel like I have such a hard time doing that typically where I'll I'll play and play and play a game. Like eventually this will click for me. But there, yeah, already this year, there's been a couple of things where I'm like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, how how many hours should you give a game before you just stop? I mean, the, the, to me now, it's it's like two or three hours. If I, if something doesn't grab me within the first two or three hours, like you know, I'm not going to invest much more than an evening. You know, if I'm not waking fair. up the next morning after playing it and being like, oh, I'm excited to see what this game does next, then who cares? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. It's okay. So last thing before we move on to Zelda talk, this question is from Joshi Guerrero, and they asked, what was your rating for the direct? And I know we already talked about this, but they also asked things. What were the things they hit on and things that they missed? Six out of 10 for me. I thought it was okay. I, you know, there, there were lots of things that made me excited. Like, you know, Detective Club was cool and Splatoon was cool. Mario Golf was cool. They, you know, as a, if this was any normal week, having all these things announced would be super exciting. I think it's just what influences our rating and expectations here is that we haven't gotten a big announcement. And that quite frankly, the the lineup for this year looks anemic, right? Look at another console like Xbox, they got Halo coming. You look at PlayStation, they got God of War coming. And then you have Nintendo Switch and you're like, is the new Zelda coming this year, right? Like we, we don't know what's going on yet. And that's why it didn't satisfy my expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh five out of 10 for me i thought on the ign scale five out of 10 is mediocre i thought that was mm-hmm. a pretty mediocre direct yeah i'm, I'm with you, zach on this one yeah five five probably a five or a six um i yeah i think that like the the issue here was that there was a lot of interesting stuff that didn't really land in the context of the grander scheme of a 50 minute direct yep. uh like there, i think there's some stuff that like had they waited on like I, like Skyward Sword, right? And we'll get into that in, in a bit, I hope. But the, it, that's that's the kind of game that I think if they had l- announced that in tandem with a bunch of other Zelda stuff, I would have been like, great. But to ha- that being like the only sort of like Zelda thing to hold on to for a little while, um, not super crazy about it. Um, mm-hmm. No, no mention of Metroid yet. I understand. Like you, you know, hopefully we'll get there. If we're gonna celebrate obscure Famicom uh, detective games from seventy years ago and not talk about Metroid like this something's off man like I, I don't know um and then there's a bunch of cool ports that I'm glad people get to play um but for me like that's not uh, that's not really what I go to my switch for anymore um yeah. yeah I I would also give it a six for okay also understanding that I my year to me already looks packed full of games that I'm going to be very excited for and I assume there will be a new Pokemon game this year that we will learn something about next week so I'm mm-hmm. kind of 
tempering my expectations for this, knowing I already have a year that I can look forward to. And there were, we didn't mention Ninja Gaiden Master Collection either, which I know some people are very excited for, but yeah, it was, it was okay. I would have liked to see Metroid. I would have liked to see more Zelda. This year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television. Uh, The Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, It's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, Um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Which we can talk about now, which is why Nintendo has to have more Zelda news for 2021. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> too much old stuff. Too much old stuff. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Al- Alnuma 
said it, which I, I felt bad because he showed up on screen and I was like, yes, let's go. Here it comes. And the first thing he said was like, sorry, we don't have any information about Breath of the Wild 2, but please enjoy this next announcement. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, like was, did, at least they said something. He did say that, you know, we'll have more about Breath of the Wild 2, you know, sometime this later this year, which I got a lot of response yesterday on Twitter being like, we that means that there's definitely going to be a Zelda Direct, right? Like there will be a Zelda Direct down the line and like hopefully that's where we'll get some anniversary collection news if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see Breath of the Wild 2 again because we haven't seen that since E3 2019. Um yeah, I mean, there there has to be more Zelda news coming this year just based on that. And I think the speculation for it is a little bit out of control, depending on what that Zelda news is. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the second we saw the black background behind him, I was like, well, that's bad news. Yeah. <laughs> like if it, if it was like a me. if it was like a white backdrop, I would be like, oh, we're getting something to work with here. But instead, it was just like, guys, I got some sad news, which I, I think like a bunch of us were joking about, like. Um, knowing that that would happen, that, that so, somebody from Nintendo would come out and give a, an update that was not really an update, but sort of is an update. Like, sorry, there's no no, no news, but there will be news is technically news, but mm-hmm. it's not the news we're looking for. And then the, I think the second we saw the sky, I was like, well, it's Skyward Sword. And then I thought that was going to open up sort of the doors to be like, but we're also getting Wind Waker or Twilight Princess or here's our big rollout. And it was like I I was saying before, like, I think Skyward Sword on its own is an interesting announcement. I'm glad that people are going to get to try that game. Um, I really, really wonder um, how that game is going to hit in 2021, because the discourse around that game was uh, interesting at the time because that is one of the more sort of like streamlined and kind of small scale Zelda games. Despite the fact that it is about flying, uh, it's really an interconnected series of incredibly kind of small, uh, almost empty environments. Um, and people talk so, about the controls in that game. That's not really the, the thing that people really uh, like. That's the least of that game's problems, I would say. Some, some so quick facts, yeah. some quick facts about Skyward Sword. Um, we gave it a 10 out of 10 at the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that like, like, like your point, Brian, I think Skyward Sword removed from the hype of being a new Zelda game is going to be a really interesting conversation in 2021. And yeah. I think that especially in an era post, uh, what was that game? Breath of the Wild. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially in an era post Breath of the Wild, that game is, is I think, really going to show some of Skyward Sword's shortcomings because mm-hmm. it's not quite the traditional Zelda of a Twilight Princess or a Wind Waker. And it's, it's, not, it's like an incremental step between what old Zelda was and what, Breath of the Wild would eventually be. It's sort of this half step between the two ideas or concepts. And it's, it's, it, there's a lot of shortcomings because of that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it historically, I, I would say like sort of um, forced or caused Nintendo to kind of shatter the mold on what a mm-hmm. 3D Zelda game could be. It is notoriously handholdy. Like, obviously, there's a lot of quality of life stuff <laughs> that I think. Purple Ruby. Yeah. I also know that they, they did grab some of the features if you want to call it a feature in skyward sword and bring it over to the breath of the wild kind of like the Mm -hmm. stamina system i mean Mm -hmm. they that was first in skyward sword right so it it did innovate zelda in some ways but as you're all saying it's very different and i'm so interested in the controls because we had this discussion 
many times, like, what will they do with the controls with Skyward Sword? Because it was motion control only on the Wii. Are they just going to shaft Nintendo Switch Lite owners? But no, they did mention there will be an alternative button only. However, you have to swing the sword with your right joystick. I'm so so confused how that's going to work, because in a 3D Zelda game, you're controlling the camera with the right joystick. So I guess like if you if you lock on, you can lock on to an enemy and hopefully you'll have the option to like click to lock on and then then control the direction of the sword with the right stick but also mm-hmm. like wouldn't you use your thumb for the right stick is the, yeah is so the sword on a trigger like i have yeah. some experience really difficult yeah with that because the original monster hunter you had to swing your sword with your right stick mm-hmm. and the camera was on the d-pad on the left and mm-hmm. you could also there was no lock on and i can't remember if this was a newer feature or not but i i think you could tap the the left shoulder button to reorient the camera to the direction that you were looking but Mm -hmm. a lot of the times you would end up in this like weird claw stance where you're like moving the left stick and like pressing the camera with it was very awkward and very painful after playing for a long time but i'm wondering if people are going to end up doing that for skyward sword if they're going to have a better innovation for the camera Mm-hmm. I, I'm really wondering how that two stick control scheme works, too. I mean, my my gut reaction to that was like, I, I don't think it's going to play out as well. Um, but I, I'd love to be proven wrong. If, if there's a way that that actually feels intuitive and you can go into a boss battle feeling like you have like a, a very firm sense of control of where your sword slashes are going to go. And it's not just like, you know, random hope, hope for the best, then that could be a cool way to play this game. I, I'm not really sure how it's going to pan out. Yeah, yeah I, I, think I think that's a really interesting setup because uh, remember Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask got by without having camera controls at all, mm-hmm. right? It was all sure. lock on and, and fixed camera because yep. you know, on N64 we didn't have enough sticks for that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I'm curious to see how, that's fee- how that feels, right? There's something to the slash that feels right when you use motion controls and there's something to hitting a button. Does flicking a stick feel the same way? I'm, I'm curious about that too. I yeah, think I to never, the, what were you going to say, Zach? I was going to say, it was never about the, the motion controls for me. Like, I, I honestly didn't mind the motion controls. I thought with the Wii Motion Plus that they, they're actually pretty spot on. Like, I never yep. had, like, real finicky control issues like some people experienced. Um, I love some of the puzzle-solving stuff where you'd, like, roll a bomb or, like, you know, like, toss stuff. Like, I thought that was very, actually very cool. My My issues with Skyward Sword are more so about, like, the very very obvious ways that it's padded out especially in the back half of the game there's so many fetch quests and like Mm -hmm. the game just seems to go on forever and you know i've caught a lot of guff about this on twitter like every time i bring up skyward sword i think it's the worst 3d zelda game but Mm -hmm. i should i should caveat that by saying like even the worst zelda game is still better than 85 percent of every other game ever made it's just like in when you compare it to the games that came before it and now especially breath of the wild i just i don't know how it holds up in 2021 i'm curious too the the art style and and by the way if you watch the trailer on our website somewhere we can actually see the upgrade like it is definitely sharper but it also Mm -hmm. suffers from that kind of painterly look i think we called it a lot of times really one of my my least favorite uh, art style for for a zelda game so far i really like the kind of bold colors of wind waker and i wish they have gone the route of being more cell shading this game. Um, but no, I think the, when we, whenever we talk about Skyward Sword, we remember a lot of the issues we had. For me, it was that 
when I want to slash at an enemy, I want it to work. And like even one out of 20 times when it doesn't work, it feels like the controls aren't accurate. And like the Zelda games are so good when it comes to controls usually. But we also we also always talk about the bad things and there's so much good stuff in Skyward Sword. It has the best story moment in all of the Zelda games, which I'm not going to spoil, which is just a really kind of... Uh, it had it had Wind Waker's ending in Skyward Sword. <laughs> that was that? a really cool ending. That was a really cool ending. But this, yeah. this, this game story. has a really good yeah. beat. It has some cool boss battles. It has some neat dungeons. Are they the best dungeons in the Zelda series? No. You know, there's not one thing in Skyward Sword that I would say beats every Zelda game out there. But it's also a series with mm-hmm. such pedigree. I did like the time shift crystal movie. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. That's one of the coolest things in any Zelda ever. That that whole area with the time shifting is really, really smart. And and flying feels good. Flying feels good. And the big boss battle in the sky, all of that stuff is really cool. And the poop is very nice. But you don't get to fly around an open world. Like when I heard game with flying before Zelda came out, before Skyward Sword came out, I imagined an open world and you get this upgrade where eventually... You've got this winged horse or dragon or whatever. It's a it's a pelican. So and, and then you fly around. You don't fly around the open the, the open world. I don't know if you guys are playing 3D world, but it's Shoe. they 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 sped it up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It's faster, and so that's the thing that oh, needs yeah. to happen here. Um, the flying in Skyward Sword is incredibly slow, and it takes forever to get from place to place. And it's pretty and it's interesting looking, but it, there's not enough happening. It's it's just empty and slow up there. It's dinosaur so think, planet. It's it's yeah. Star Fox, you know. Yeah, dinosaur, and so you you were talking about Fox Adventure. You were talking about the uh, like the art direction. I think that like they went for this um, sort of uh, muted watercolor approach mm-hmm. to play. So much of this game is designed around the strengths and the weaknesses of the Nintendo Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was incapable of like pumping out really high quality HD stuff. And, you know, we played it on th- through, you know, component cables if we were lucky. Um, the motion we motion plus was basically designed specifically for this and we sports resort. I, and like, I think it works. I, I just I wish they had bumped up the sort of vibrancy of this game a little bit. I wish they had bumped up the contrast of this game a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it just it feels it feels very sort of like soft and muted. And I think that works when you're playing on an old, you know, crappy TV <laughs> 15 years ago but nowadays like i i want i want my zelda games to pop a little more like breath of the wild is such a gorgeous game it's so unbelievably good looking despite the fact that it is you know essentially running on uh, very old hardware Last compared hardware, to yeah. yeah compared to what we're playing uh these days and, and and so i i really wish that there was like a little more of that and the like we didn't really talk about dowsing that is like a, one of the worst oh. mechanics in the history of Zelda. And I like I, that existed. It was basically a microcosmic Triforce quest before oh, almost every dungeon. Oh, I forgot where you're about walking that. around in first person with this, you know, uh, like beeping uh, metal detector looking for key parts. And oh, that's the thing so that's got to be sped up, you know, little things like that. But I, I, I trust that Nintendo will take that approach with a lot of QOL stuff with this and speed those things up, make them more fun, make them more interesting. Um, because that's, they did it with Wind Waker. They did it with 3D World. There's all these mm-hmm. little things that they've done with their games. And to give them credit, I think they're really smart at that. And yeah. I, I really hope that, that that's something that's there. The, the one big request that I have for Skyward Sword is to allow is for Nintendo to allow you to limit the interaction that you have with Fee. Yeah. Like keep Fee to story sequences because like Pear mentioned earlier, she pops out of the sword 
every five minutes to tell every, you something that like every, every gamer already off. knows. It's just like, yeah. hey, you've got every a red time, rupee. That's worth 20. Hey, yeah, every time you restart, like, yeah. Every time you restart your game, you know, yeah. after after saving, you come back, she will introduce what a rupee is, which is <laughs> I appreciate games that you can pick up after you've taken a break for two months and it tells you, oh no, no, that's how you attack. I, I like that. But after like every an time. hour and telling me what a rupee does, it's just mm-hmm. so, this is also like, I mean, if you look at some of their ports, especially from the Wii U era, uh, Pikmin 3, they added a bunch of content to that. Um, the 3D World, like I just mentioned, they they added Bowser's Fury, which is super fun. It's like six hours. I loved it. Um, I, I think they're really good at doing that stuff. Even with Link's Awakening, it got a complete graphic overhaul. They added that weird sort of mode. This needs something on top of the base game to sort of justify the $60 price tag. It doesn't because it'll sell billions anyway, and it'll outsell the Wii version, and they really don't need to do anything. But I appreciate the fact that they have done that because it alleviates the sting of that price tag a little bit. And I so I do hope they find something to put in here. Even like the, the way uh, Bowser's Fury is thrown in there, it's like... That's not a full Mario game. They didn't need to do that, but I'm glad it's there. I appreciate it as a weird experiment. And I think if there's something they can pull out of, um, you know, Skyward Sword, something to, to go in there, even if they throw in Link's crossbow training. As a I was just going like, to say, yeah, they're going to put right? crossbow training. Yeah, throw it in there. See what happens. Um, I hope there's something there. I have a feeling there won't be, but maybe there will be. We'll see. So, yeah. So Skyward Sword HD is coming on July 16th for $59.99 full price tag. And I also wanted to bring up, of course, the really cool looking Joy-Con that are launching alongside with it. I don't know if it's a limited edition. I assume it is. Uh, I'm I already made this joke on Twitter, but I'm really looking forward to getting those and then being extremely disappointed when they stop working a month later. So. Looking don't worry, there'll be Nintendo. millions. There'll be millions of them. So don't order one on the first day until you see me posting a picture of it, and then you can order. <laughs> there'll be okay. plenty. Don't worry. All no, right. seriously, try try buying a pro controller that's not gray uh, right now. It's like oh Nintendo, yeah, no. Nintendo mm. does not keep that stuff in stock for very long. So I think the answer is yes, it'll be limited in some fashion. <sighs> they're they're definitely the most beautiful Joy-Con I've ever seen. They're so pretty and cool, and I I want them. But yeah, the last pair of Joy-Con I bought stopped working a day after I opened them. So I oh, that sucks. I have you're it got though. Huh? I feel, I feel like you're cursed with Joy-Con though. Like I, 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 I mean, knock on wood, I've had the same pair of Joy-Con for three years and have not experienced drift. Like so oh, now, man. that's going to happen to me. I know that it will. It was just out of the box. I, 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 I played one day and it wasn't even a hard. It was literally a a visual novel not a lot of hard pressing of stuff going on and then yeah the next day it just like over and over again of picking the menu um but anyway i'm looking forward to that hopefully i'll figure out how to not do that to my controllers by the time that comes out on july 16th um also we i completely forgot to mention that hyrule warriors age of calamity is actually getting an expansion pass with a bunch oh, yeah. more dlc yeah so that's another zelda thing that's coming because that game didn't have enough to do Mm-hmm. that game has so much in it it's yeah that's a, it does that's a big game i was actually surprised they're they're announcing that but maybe that is part of their zelda anniversary celebration yeah which again is very confusing because like we mentioned the 35th anniversary is this sunday on february 21st and mario's 35th anniversary got a ton 
of stuff. I mean, it got a whole separate direct, which is why we're assuming there has to be more, like maybe a collection, maybe mm -hmm. just something, maybe a series of uh, my Nintendo missions that you can do online, maybe. And oh, you guys love those get some pins. Brian, right. how's that going? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm I'm actually trying to think if like so the second the second round of Super Mario pins on the my Nintendo website were legitimately probably three to five times harder to get than yes. a series X or a PS five was for me. Like, <laughs> oh, no. straight up. Not oh, it's yeah, not even close. Cause it was one thing to just like open up like the, you know, the Xbox website and just refresh it and it would crash. You'd get one of those like my SQL errors or whatever this. So basically Nintendo put up this, this series of uh, tasks and challenges that ranged from find you know cats on a website to eat ice cream in real life and every one of those things get you have to tick off a little box uh and i did i did a bunch of them and i did enough of them um they slowly unlocked a few over time because i think they felt bad that people basically mm -hmm. weren't able to get them all and so yesterday was the big day and so the way this works is uh you by doing all of these tasks receive a code and that code you then input into the Nintendo store, which is technically a separate website. And then using that code, you're able to add this to your cart and then you pay like five bucks for shipping and you get them. So it's not technically free. You are paying at the end of the day. Um, and <laughs> what happened here was thousands of people uh, were refreshing. Shout out to uh, the uh, website, Resetera, the message board over there, because there were a bunch of people in there just kind of like all in the same boat here. Refreshing in unison, uh, trying to figure out how to get through the system. And what it would do is every time you refresh, it would populate a different number of the amount of missions out of 15 missions that you had actually accomplished. Even if it was all 15 that you've done, it would tell you three and then you'd refresh again. It would say seven. You refresh uh -huh. again. It would say like 11. And every now and then you'd get to like 14 and you'd be like, I can see over the wall. My pins are there. Uh, and so literally an hour and a half of me, just like I was in meetings. I was like checking emails. I was just refreshing. I had uh, my phone open. I had my laptop open, my PC open. And I was just like d juggling all this stuff. Finally get through. And then it wouldn't take my credit card information. So I had to go to my switch on my Nintendo switch and delete all my information there, re-input it, put it back in. And then it let me do it. So oh my yeah, God. literally an hour and a half. And I was like, it, you have an ex existential crisis during this. Cause you're like, I don't even need pins. I don't even wear them anymore. I don't go anywhere. Like it's not a, there's not a chance that you could have convinced me to do all that work for some pins. Like, Oh, what? quarantine, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, make decisions I mentioned, that you wouldn't make. <laughs> we talked about this last week, but I mentioned I was doing all of those missions for our wiki on how to do the missions. I didn't realize I, it was physically impossible for me to do them all until mm -hmm. I did 11 of them. And I was like, Brian did the uh, <laughs> Brian did the eat ice cream in real life mission nine times. Wow. Yeah, just yeah, you sure. didn't even have to. I just kept going <laughs> back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. You know me, I love Cold Stone Creamery. I've actually never been there. That was one of the only missions I didn't do. <laughs> I love that you're making fun of me for like ordering Joy-Con from Japan when they first release, and you're sitting there refreshing the website. This man is like dedicating so much time to get some yeah. pins. I did this show with you through the Amiibo era. We both know how dark, how dark things can get. I'm calling like Target at 7 a.m. being like, you guys have Rosalina. Like things got bad. OK, I got out of the game for a while and I found I found new games to get into. I got two new uh, Amiibo last week. Oh, that's right. Oh, Peach yeah. and Mario Cat, Cat, Peach, Cat and Mario came out. Yep. They look like um, wedding cake toppers. Yeah, they got that like kind of like that like crunchy looking tasty, <laughs> like, tasty right? frosting. Yeah, they look like they're made of frosting. I kind of wanted Some to get dog. one because of that. Yeah, I, I ate them. Well, 
Uh, Brian, I'm glad that you got those pins and pair. I'm glad that you got those amiibo, but maybe do you think one last question about the Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary? Do you think there will be a direct sometime between now and next week? Considering nah. the anniversary is on Sunday, no, just a Zelda no. one. No, they'll treat this anniversary like a, like a year. Um, yeah. and ideally they'll get to it eventually. Okay. Sad. That's okay. And Metroid too. We eventually. have to say Metroid. Metroid doesn't exist according to Nintendo anymore, so that's fine. Heartbreaking. Retro is hiring somebody. They're about to start. They're about to start. They're excited. They're about to start working on it. No, I'm sure that they've uh, they've done some work on it. And you know, speaking of hiring someone, there is a, a few other pieces of news from this week that I did want to touch upon just a little bit. But the studio that made um, Link's Awakening, Grezzo, is hiring for a new medieval and stylish project. So they also worked on the remakes and remasters of Ocarina of Time and Jorah's Mask. So new project, staff recruitment, don't really know what it is. Well, that's it. It's medieval. It new. has to be Zelda. No, I maybe they'll, like they'll make their original game. You know, they're obviously talented. They did make Ever Oasis in 2017. No, that's right. Yeah. So I do hope they do. I hope they do Skyward Sword, honestly. I also really hope they port um, the 3DS versions of their Zelda games to Switch. Casey, I know you weren't crazy about the Majora's Mask port, but the Ocarina one's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, mean, mean, I, I have no qualms with the Majora's Mask port. I think both of those coming to Switch in like a two-pack would be really cool. Mm-hmm. You'll pay 60 bucks for each of them, and God, you'll I, like it. <laughs> you know, I still I would it, like I, some new games. I think that they're going to do like a... My hope is that they do a, a 3D collection like they did for... Uh, that other guy mario yeah and mm-hmm. uh if that's the case i'd love to see ocarina the grezzo port um wind waker hd and twilight princess hd i feel like That'd they'll just good. port the originals like they did with the like the 3d collection they were like they stayed away from i mean even but like, those already exist you know like those those already those assets those games already exist whereas like galaxy and sunshine and mario 64 like, I mean, Mario 64 has come to a bunch of different platforms, but there's no like Mario 64 HD, you know? Well, there's the, the DS port's the closest we've come where they like, they yeah. overhauled yeah, the all the... the DS port sucks. <laughs> the controls on the DS port suck. Yeah. I think that like, there's a cool game in there if they just, you know, find and replace D-pad with analog stick. And then, sure. I, I mean, it's still crazy to me that they ported that game on to, to the yeah. 3DS, but like they added 30 extra stars. You could turn into Wario. There's really a lot going on that that's fans are clamoring for so (laughs) So maybe hopefully we'll get that 3d collection for zelda but also Mm -hmm. there is another small piece of more news the great ace attorney chronicles for pc ps4 and switch has been rated in taiwan and this was um these were two games that came out on the 3ds in japan that never came out here so maybe we'll be getting them here sometime in the near ish future that's it. That's the news. No objection. Oh. I love those <laughs> games. Cool. Perfect. So now I wanted to um, just skip over into what we're playing, because now that people have actually been able to play Bowser's Fury, you all can have an actual discussion about your hands on impressions, which we were unable to do last week. Bowser's I, Fury, game of the year, 2021, baby. This I, game rocks. I love I it. I really like it. I really yeah. like it. Um, I, it's just... I've described it as a, it's just a playground, right? It's like a concept of what an open world Mario game would be. And I think as Nintendo was playing with this concept, they probably also ran into the limitations that it's very difficult to do these 
visually impressive levels and have it be in an open world setting with all this stuff going on. But mm -hmm. so it really works as this kind of smaller confined experience. It doesn't outstay its welcome. Um, I love the, you know, the, they, they pulled off letting you use all these different powers, which really alter the gameplay, right? Like in any other game, like the cat suit could break the experience because you can take shortcuts or the propeller hat or anything, but they pulled it off and it's just, it's like playing some of my favorite Bowser's Castle levels from Mario 64 in this big 3D setting. Mm -hmm. There's some, you know, there's some, I have some complaints with like the, you know, the Bowser Blood Moon event. Um, it doesn't always happen when it won't, when you want it to, right? Like it you should, see a block. It should, have a, it should just, have a lock just, on as well. This, yeah, there should be like, something going on there. And then yeah. the Bowser battles are fun, but not that amazing. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. But I really like, I also really like the little wave race water Yosh parts where you're just scooting about the, the map while Bowser blows up the world. I think it's really fun. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm so glad they added that. Yeah, I actually think that Bowser's Fury parts of Bowser Fury are like the worst parts, personally. Like, I, I think that like the interconnected open world concept is really smart. Um, it definitely like it's a little more ambitious than it's capable of doing. What is wrong with Mario there? Um, <laughs> and like, th there are definitely moments where like you get on the as Pear called it in a meeting the other day, the Water Yoshi. Uh, and you're riding him around and then you jump into another area and then you grab the cat suit and you jump off the thing. And all of a sudden the game's just like, whoa, hold on. Give me a minute to catch up. Like it's, yeah. you know, it, it technically it definitely chugs a little bit, but it's so fun and it's so pretty looking. And I think it's just like it was such a nice surprise. I remember I, I played it for about four hours and I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess I reached the end. And it was like, no, there's still lots more to do. 50 um, more. Yeah. 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 It was super, super fun. Uh, I think it, like it's very clever in the way it interconnects all these like sort of small, small form Mario levels in one larger thing. They, they, resisted nice making, they resisted making it Zelda, right? Like if they had mm -hmm. created a system where the propeller hat is unlockable and you have to find it first and then you access all these different areas, it would be a different game. I would have dug that too. But just the, the task of balancing this game with all these different powers unlocked right from the start um, is, is pretty cool. I'm, I, I really like it. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I think it like for those of us that have been jonesing for super mario odyssey to do something else you know like super mario odyssey 2 or or even like a 1.5 like mm -hmm. galaxy 2 like this this is it for me like there's so much to do it's it's so unique you know like it really is like a perfect marriage of odyssey and 3d world which as the last two 3d zelda games like i think i think it's really doing some really smart stuff um I love the fact that it's just like one big open world map that you can tackle however you want. I, you know, yeah. they, they really played a lot around with that in, in Odyssey, obviously these, you know, these huge open areas. Um, but the way that this is even tied closer together is really, really interesting. Like, I think we could be looking at a template for, you know, whatever the next like big tentpole 3d Mario game is. Um, and I, I also so. just think it's a really cool thing from Nintendo because like they, I feel like they don't have a history of letting their teams just do sort of weird one-offs like this and to get like a a real bite-sized Mario sequel attached to a different game is like such an an interesting kind of concept from them and I I'm here for it like I love this so much. 
I, I will say that it does it does a really smart thing in, in in sort of like scaling the way I approach Mario levels. I don't know about you guys, mm-hmm. but I, I play historically I play 3D Mario Mario games like kind of obsessively where I'll get yeah. into a world and then have to get every single every star before or you shine. Yep. But here I felt myself like I would get like three or four and then hop on over to the next thing, come back, grab another one. Like it felt sort of a lot more freeing and obviously that's by design of my own brain being like you must obsessively collect everything before you move on but in in this in this game i just felt like oh it's like i i I can do this at my own pace i can get you know one of the cat shines over here collect a couple things over here get you know find a secret over here it felt like so much more sort of freeing and relaxed yeah sorry pair no i was gonna say and then you have 3d world which we're showing right now right so the Mm -hmm. um 3D world portion, which to me, it's, it's, I feel like one of the, the weaker 3D Mario games in, in my book. Um, I, I like it. I enjoy it, but I enjoy it mostly as a multiplayer game. I really have fond memories of playing that with my family and I jump back in. I really like the added speed boost. It feels better now. Um, but it, but it has that. It doesn't completely match what I want from a modern Mario game, which is that kind of more open exploration. Uh, it's kind of halfway between the accuracy of an awesome 2D game and a 3D game without that, like that really tightness of the controls and the accuracy. But it's mm-hmm. still a it's still a good game. I, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm on really that. impressed with with 3D World. I, I played it when it came out on the Wii U, and I remember liking it and be like, oh yeah, this kind of reminds me of uh, the new Super Mario franchise. Um, but it, you know, kind of in a different twist. But playing through it through 3d world uh and bowser's fury i i like it so much more than i remember like i, I yeah. think it's it seems like such a better game to me maybe it's the added speed boost uh like you're talking about that that makes it feel more um more mario to me like mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. i really had a great time playing through it i'm in the the last bonus world now going through trying to collect all the green stars in in each level and they're tough man like they're mm-hmm. really challenging platforming in this game yeah and like that's that's what I love about 2D Mario is when you get to that super hard, like really thumb busting platforming. And like, yeah, I, I, I love that. Uh, I love 3D World more so now than I think I did in 2014 or whenever it came out. That's great. Yeah, I, I loved it then. I love it now. It's uh, I'm, I'm weirdly having like a slight more slightly more problems with um, sort of like hit detection and like landing, mm-hmm. landing jump. Too. Yeah, perspective, yeah. like which is odd. I don't think that was ever a problem for me before, but uh it took a lot of getting used to uh, like in the initial few worlds like i would jump off of something and then be like how the hell did that happen like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's it's been really fun to play in local co-op i will say an added wrinkle i wasn't expecting was my kid is old enough now to figure out how to walk into the room pick up a a controller and turn it on so we've just had this like phantom toad that shows up in our game (laughs) that keeps like dying and bubbling and like we'll just randomly it'll the camera will just be like oh you guys all go to the where the toad lives now and it's so that's that if you want to play this game like on the hardest difficulty possible just turn an extra (laughs) controller on and event like have your cat or a kid or just kick it with your foot every now and then that is chaos i do not recommend playing this game like that get your Uh, your kid a, a baby toy toy controller that worked for like the first few years, but she's on oh, to no. us now. But can't she's you not. use can't you use baby Bowser mode and just point at the screen and drive you crazy by flying around the world? I I will fear? say, man, I I do not like that part of this game. Like having to hit the trigger to turn a pointer on it to like 
Re- like the the levels in this game where you have to, yeah that I'm not yeah. a fan of that. I wish they had just scrapped those honestly. Like I it, I get why they, why they're there, but I, I played it in two worse. player with my son. It's almost worse mm. in touchscreen too. Like yeah. I, I played some of those levels where you're pointing at the stuff to to move platforms, um, and then I played a few levels in handheld where you're you're taking your hands off the controller to like touch the screen and it's, it, it feels bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To have like that level of like dexterity with precision based platforming and also juggling multiple control schemes that are either like touching or pointing. It just doesn't, it doesn't gel for me. And yeah. I kind of, I kind of wish there was a better workout for this. No, I meant the Bowser's Fury one, which is literally, it's just a helper. So oh, I was, yeah. yeah, yeah, that one, that one I think is very little kid friendly because your, your kid can just mess around and like, Hopefully, once in a while, point at one of the paintings and uncover it. But like, it's just funny when you're exploring the world and then your your kid is like flying around in the background, mm-hmm. just like randomly. Mm-hmm. Can't really do anything, but um, they can actually collect the uh, the little shine parts. So, this you know, how long did it take you all to beat Bowser's Fury? I've not finished it yet. Okay. Well, did did you getting to the ending? You get to the ending. And roll the credits before you have the hundred um, shines that you yeah. can collect, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's about what four or five hours, something like that. Five? I'm probably doesn't I'm have probably a game like, timer. Probably like five, five or six hours in right now, and I'm at the point where Bowser is just like, it, just constantly pissed off. Like there's <laughs> nothing you like. He, I, I actually haven't figured out the way to diffuse his his fury his just fury. yet. But I'll get back in there later and try. Don't spoil it in the comments. Okay. So an overall positive outlook on uh, Super Mario 3D World yeah. plus Bowser's Fury. Two big Is there anything else up. you guys mm-hmm. have been playing? Yeah. New demo. Yes. Pro- Project I, Nonsense Triangles. I did play Project <laughs> Triangle Strategy last night as well. There's a, a lot of narrative going into the first battle, but it's really interesting. Did you play it, Pear? Yeah, I was just going to say, I turned on my Switch yesterday and the characters are still talking. Um, <laughs> no, the the amount of exposition sometimes in JRPGs before a mission is just guys. Not every character has to say I agree, and like that, that's the worst part of like you know these kind of, these kind of um, non animated setup scenes. Besides that, I think it's really fun. It's very Final Fantasy tactics down to uh, you know like if you've played um, some of some of the strategy guys like uh, games like um, Fire Emblem, you have yeah. to determine which direction your character faces after a turn, and you know um, flanking characters or attacking characters from the back <clears throat> use more damage. It has all that sort of stuff and big variety of attacks and spells characters can list, and it just looks really really pretty. It's I'm I'm digging it. I'm really looking forward to this one. And it does have um an action economy kind of like Octopath, where each turn you will get another one of those little yellow diamonds, which determines how, which attack you can use on your turn. So you can kind of choose to not do anything fancy in one turn. So you have the benefit of doing a more powerful attack the next turn. And I did like one of the things that they included is that during the story when they're talking you can press the x button and then see the illustrated image of that character instead of just the the bit Mm -hmm. version which i also liked but it's it's separated into story there are three different they're really they're really going on to that triangle it's like a board game right (laughs) like it has different phases yeah there are three phases did did you think so i it's it's obviously early because it's not coming out for a while. They, I think they still have a lot of work to do. I do wish somebody would take the red editing pen, pen to the dialogue sometimes for these games and like just kind of 
you, you can tell a great story without constantly having every character um, weigh in. But no, the, the big thing that they need to fix is it's sometimes hard to track what units are yours and which ones your enemies yeah. on the board. It's like it is it is picturesque and very pretty, but it makes it very easy to lose your characters. And then also because there's not a hex system or a grid system, it's a little bit hard to see like what the actual reach is and, and the range. You you get these uh, red attack lines that show you whether you're in, in range of an enemy attack, but like I feel like they really need to double down on working on the HUD and, and speeding things up a little bit. It is, if you've never played one of these games, it takes a long time to complete a turn. Yes, it does. And Good. they're doing the same thing they did with Octopath Traveler, where if you play the demo, they will send out a survey and they will take everyone's suggestions and actually implement them into the real game, which they did a lot of in Octopath Traveler. They changed they changed quite a bit based off of fan input. So they're doing that for this one, too, which and it's not coming out until 2022. This is Project Triangle Strategy. Hopefully it has a better name by then. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I so. I cool. think this, is, this could be big. It's It really is a return to the classic tactics game. So, Yeah, I, good, I did enjoy good it. to see them do this. And I, I'm also, of course, still playing Monster Sanctuary. I'm going to out myself. Uh, I've never finished a Metroidvania game, but I am with Monster Sanctuary. I'm on the wow. very last part. It's the first Metroidvania I'm ever going to finish. And I know it's not a completely classic Mo- Metroidvania game because obviously it has the monster collecting RPG elements to it. But mm-hmm. I have really, really loved this. I know I've talked about this for the past month, but I am obsessed. I am just completely cool. obsessed with this game. So it- quick, quick heads up. Uh, mm-hmm. In Metroid, Ridley is technically a dragon and you love dragons. So you should play Metroid. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Well, she I doesn't know. want to kill the dragon, though. <laughs> I want to make friends with them and have them battle other dragons for me. That's right. Ridley does not do that. (laughs) Maybe Mecha Ridley will do that for you. Maybe. Be your friend. Um, I also started Rogue Heroes in in Capcom Arcade Stadium. Did you guys play that at all? I played Capcom Arcade last night. Yeah, it's um, confusing, right? The setup of having an arcade where you can't put money into anything because the games don't only exist in ghost mode. (laughs) It's like you have to buy them first, right, when they come out. It's very odd. Um, I I think that the pricing is sort of fair. Like if you were to buy everything in the collection, it's in line with what most of these collections usually cost. It was also just sort of confusing to me because I was like, how many of these games that I do I own already that are mm-hmm. already in multiple other collections on my Switch currently? Um, I feel like there's a weird Venn diagram there. But it is cool that it, it comes with, uh, what is it, 1943? 1942 and, and, 1942 and, and, and Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. yeah, which is cool. And you can switch between the the Japanese and uh, North American release versions of them. It's just like it, there's a lot like when you want to download a game, it kicks you to the eShop, which then you'll have you have to buy them sort of in packs. And then it brings you start you have to restart the game. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then there's like 16 logos. Like it's, it's not a very streamlined process. But I think that like if you wanted everything, once you got in there, the layout's pretty cool. It's got this sort of like um, cascading arcade cabinet uh, approach to it. And it sort of feels like walking down like this dingy old arcade and picking a cabinet to pop in on and and play games on so but yeah i think i think it's cool i haven't i haven't bought the packs yet though oh yeah and then the the default display is stupid like yes mm-hmm. you have this virtual arcade you start a game and the default display for every game is to show you part of the cabinet and the stuff at an angle and the graphics of the arcade just aren't good enough for that to yeah. look nice but you can obviously you can customize everything you can do tate mode so you can do vertical play 
Mm-hmm. Um, for the games that have a vertical monitor, you can do all sorts of filters. It, it does look like a really good collection if you're into the classic Capcom games. Yeah, totally. And I'm glad that there's a lot of like kind of obscure stuff that I think is making its way here for the first time in a while. So I'm glad it's there. I hope it's uh, something that keeps growing and getting streamlined, too. So those were the games that we're playing this week. Anything else anyone want to mention? We're good. So we talked about Project Triangle Strategy, Monster Sanctuary, and the you literally just said it, the Capcom Arcade Collection. Stadium, yeah. Arcade Stadium, which was... Mm-hmm announced during that nintendo direct but now it's time to move on into question block and this first question is from jonders really quick hey casey and friendos do you think we might get a separate pokemon direct on or around pokemon day keep up the great work nbc it's been a highlight of my week going on for seven years uh quick answer yes they always do one. Also, there's a post malone pokemon concert on pokemon day so not this saturday but the saturday next obviously oh, what i don't know i don't know we'll one talk most, about it after the, the fact most confusing collaborations i've seen in a very long time mm-hmm. i'm not yeah. i'm not opposed to it but it's very strange i agree i think strange also not opposed just huh i for some reason when they announced a collaboration with katie perry i was like oh cool katie perry and, but when they showed the ad with post malone i was like oh that's weird hmm but he's popular it's because of gen z Moving on. So this next question is from uh, Nina Slater, and they asked, do you think Splatoon 3 and Breath of the Wild 2 will run on the current Switch? Splatoon seem to have much more detail than the current version. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely yeah. for I, I think the strategy for Nintendo is going to be even when they bring out the next hardware, it's going to be a step up with maybe smoother frame rates and not going to just replace the big install base that they've built think of the the ds line and how nintendo with a new 3ds was trying to establish a a new platform and then said no that's not working and like completely abandoned it and i think they learned from that i think i think all all games will run on your switch yeah i I can't see them turning their back on the by that point what like a hundred something million nintendo switches out in the world by 2022 like that it's that's an insane insane number like i just i think that they will design everything around that core user base for as long as they can i personally don't ever really think we'll see like a, a switch pro i think they'll just make a sequel to the switch and it'll be a whole other system but um because it doesn't really seem like they're you know like i've said this before but it doesn't seem like their creative and artistic visions are being hampered by the limitations of the of the tech it seems like they're designing around what they have to work with and you know i wish things look prettier but uh on the flip side i i don't think the average user cares nor should they really and i mean I think HDR and stuff is definitely a bit of a game changer when you have the new TVs. And it seems like a lot of people have them. Mm-hmm. But if Nintendo does service and most people respond and say, I'm playing in handheld mode, they're not going to be in any rush to change that. I, I do think that'll be a pro, but next, not, not this year, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, it is proven that you can make games that look good on the Switch. They just have to made they just have to be made for the Switch, not made on other platforms and then ported after the fact. So I think if developers keep that in mind we can get pretty looking games on the switch but eh, we'll see yeah. i mean and also even with this is always the case as well further down the line in any system's age the games always look better even if there hasn't been an update to the system i mean look at the first games that came out to ps3 versus the last games that came out on the ps3 and the ps4 and etc so i think they just get better with time because developers 
know them better. And also, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild 2 is being made for the Switch, not the Wii U, so I expect it to just mm-hmm. look a lot better as well. That's a good point, yeah. This next question is from Patrick Coppins, and they said, does the announcement of Splatoon 3 and the development of Breath of the Wild 2 mean that we'll get another new 3D Mario, i.e. Odyssey 2 or Galaxy 3, on the Switch life cycle? Uh, I mean, we just got one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bowser's I mean, Fury is like a mini version of it, right? Yeah. Um, I, th- I, th- I think so. Like, Odyssey came out so early, I could, I could imagine that they'll do another one and, and not just a, a, a remake or a port. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do we, do we have a long history of getting multiple 3D Marios on one Nintendo platform? Uh, Not really. Let's see. Besides we, Galaxy, we got Galaxy. Galaxy 2. Yeah. Galaxy yeah. 2. Uh, GameCube only had Sunshine. 64 only had Super Mario 64. Wii mm-hmm. U had... Wii U only had 3D World. There was yeah. no big 3D game on... Well, new Super Mario Brothers on top of that. So, you know, yeah. you definitely get multiple Marios and... We'll see if they go back That's to true. 2D. I don't know. Maybe uh, they also made Mario Maker, so maybe 2D Mario is over. <sighs> Man, you know? I hope not. I hope not. I would love to see a new 2D Mario personally, but I, I, I think you guys are right. I don't know if we'll get one. And last quick fire question. Answer fast. Adam, this is from Adam Mendez. How will y'all play Skyward Sword with or without motion controls? Without? Probably. I don't know. It depends on how that right stick works. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Uh, I'm going to try with, I think, um, I want to play this game on a TV. I think like, I'll, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I don't know. I played a lot of like, I did a lot, a lot, a lot of shrines and stuff like that in breath of the wild. That was such a massive game that I did a lot of those shrines, like on, on in handheld mode. That was also like, we were fresh off of the novelty of like my switch is a portable system. Yeah. It can go anywhere, but it's also a console. But now, like, I mean, I find myself playing a lot of switch docked because I'm home. I'm not traveling as much. And this is like at the end of the day, it's not my favorite big 3D Zelda game, but it is still a big 3D Zelda game. It's got like some awesome music, some awesome story moments. I want to play that on a big screen TV. I'm going to give motion controls. I'm going to try both and then see which one I like better. Um, If the motion controls, I I do think they'll they'll work better with uh, with the Joy-Con, right? There's a, a decade worth of technology difference there. Um, drift notwithstanding, I, I do think it might feel better, especially if they work on the rumble a little bit too. That could be really cool. You have, you know, for the first time you have rumble in both hands and all yeah. that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to give motion control a shot for the same reasons Pear just mentioned. But that is all the time we have left for this week's Nintendo Voice Chat. To submit your own questions, please write to us at nvc at ign.com or respond to our weekly question block post on the Nintendo Voice Chats Voice Chats voice chat podcast (laughs) forums thank you everyone so much for watching and or listening and remember nintendo voice chat is the only place you can get Get that thing contained herein are the heresies of radolf burntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator join me as i uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.